Welcome to the Ride With Us podcast, presented by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, the world's largest ride enthusiast organization dedicated to the appreciation, promotion, and preservation of roller coasters around the globe. So please keep your hands and feet inside the podcast at all times as we welcome your hosts, Jessica Gardner and John Davidson. Hello and welcome to our fifth installment of The First Drop. And if you've been here for a while, that means we're going to get with three different ACE members and talk about their new experiences on a new coaster. So I am lucky enough to welcome Paul Drabeck, who's also my home park ACE regional representative at Heart of America. Paul, how's your day going today? It's going excellent. Just keep busy. All right. Before we dig into the topic, can you give everybody just a little background on you? I already gave away the fact that you're in the heart of America's region, but what's, you know, your home area and your, what do you consider your home park? Well, um, grew up in the Chicago area, was able to watch old Chicago get built, got to experience that for its brief time. And that's kind of where I became an enthusiast. Although I did start riding then because coasters terrified me throughout my youth. We do Disney. We'd go to, I, my dad lived in Houston. So I'd go to Astroworld. Or I'd go to um, Six Flags Great America. Well, Marriott's Great America and then Six Flags. Um, and then, you know, a girl, when I was 16, a girl dragged me to Great America. She, well, she asked if I wanted to go. And of course, I was going to say yes. But she dragged me on shockwaves. And I was terrified of coach. I mean, I, I love looking at them. I love everything about them. But they scared the crap out of me because they were going to break the time I rode it. And this girl drugged me on shockwave. And I loved it. You know, actually, it was, I got to the top of the lip till, looked over at her, and she actually smiled at me, which is not used to that, being a 16-year-old boy. Didn't quite get that she was into me, but oh well, no big deal. But, you know, we rode that thing. We rode it like 30, 30 sometimes that day and everything else in the park and been riding everything like that since then. Um, you know, kind of discovered, you know, discovered Ace through a group called Rec.Roller-Coaster on Usenet back about 95, 96. Ooh, hey, just like a prequel to an uh, episode on the topic. We're going to talk about Usenet servers and stuff with some old-time ACE members coming up in the next oh. couple of months, so stay tuned for that. No, I'm, I'm, done, I'm done with that. But yeah, that's kind of how I found out that there were other people like me who loved coasters. So I was able to join ACE, started going to events. You know, we actually lived in, lived in Santa Claus, Indiana for six years, so got really spoiled with, you know, daily rides on the Raven and stuff like that. But, you know, we moved back here to Illinois because family kind of needed help. And, you know, there's a much better job here. So one of my friends, Greg Schmitz, was an assistant rep down for Heart of America. He pretty took care of Daredevil days. And I started helping him. He wanted me to help him out with that. But I said, sure. And then when Jeff and Jennifer um, moved to Florida, they were the previous rep. They said, well, Paul, do you want to do it? And I said, sure. So that's kind of uh, where we got to where we are now. So how did you work from just going to the ACE events to becoming a rep and actually then a regional rep? So that's kind of how I got to become a rep from just helping out a little bit to taking on the full role. Yes, I, that's similar, similar. You know, you start small and pretty soon you're doing more and more. Yep. So that's awesome. Do you remember the less than five minute segment that you and I recorded for the first time uh, on a I think it's been almost two years for a podcast. You talked about the flood. Oh, okay. Yes. Got this one. Tell everybody, this is the best story ever. Not everybody listened to two years ago. So tell us about the flood and your coaster experience. Okay. This was the flood of 93, which was a once in a lifetime flood of the Mississippi River. 
And that year I was going to school down in Carbondale, Illinois at Southern Illinois University. And a buddy came down for the fourth and we decided on the, on the fourth to, Hey, let's go to Six Flags St. Louis. So, you know, we just look at the map, no GPS back then, back in the you know, paper, paper map days. And it was like, okay, you go to Chester, Illinois, and then you cross the river. And when you get to Chester, there's a little, um, kind of a road that, you know, bypass. So you don't have to go through town, but it takes you right along the Mississippi river. So we're driving in my little 1990 Toyota Corolla and we're going on the street and suddenly the river rises up in front of us and blocks the streets. And I look in my rearview mirror and the, the river rose up behind us. We're on this little bitty patch of dry land with the river rising up quickly. Um, so I drove my car through somebody's yard, um, you know, through their yard, up a hill around the house to get onto a street and avoid being inundated with the flood. Oh, I love that story. And just full disclosure and circling this around to you. You were the second ACE member I ever interviewed on this podcast back before I was ever a co-host and I was just submitting segments to the, to the podcast team, kind of bringing me back to where I first began this podcast two, two-ish years ago. So cool. thank you for coming on this show. And uh, one of the reasons why we had you on the show is that you were able to get to Worlds of Fun in the media day for Zambezi Zinger. Tell yep. us about it. Uh, it was really fun, actually. It was my getting there was a little bit crazy. Um, the media day was originally supposed to be right before Ace Around the World. And I got the call that Wednesday. It was supposed to be on Thursday. Wednesday, I get the call that, no, we can't open it this week. So, you know, had to, had to deal with all that. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to miss the dip. I'm going to miss it because I had a trip the week after to go to Indiana Beach, Cedar Point, Kings Island. And that that trip actually got pushed off a week because my wife had a doctor's appointment that we had to go to because she had some heart problems. So that got pushed off a week. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to be on this trip and Worlds of Fun's going to say, hey, we're doing our media day. And lo and behold, Tuesday, Tuesday evening, I get the email from them saying, hey, we're doing it on Friday. Can you come? And I'm like, I'm going to be at Kings Island on Thursday. It's like, I don't think I'd come. My wife's like, no, go. You're going to hate yourself if you miss this. Just go. So I went to Kings Island, you know, once I was Tuesday, Wednesday, Cedar Point. Thursday, I went to Kings Island. I powered that part. I got all the coasters that I wanted, which are pretty much the majority of them. I got two rides on each of them, got photos and video and hit the road at 2.30 in the afternoon. And I arrived in Kansas City at 12.30 at night. I was out of the car for a total of 30 minutes on that tire drive. Oh man, that's, so I mean, talk about powering through. That's, that's some dedication there. Now I work in the trucking industry. I do logistics and that's, I'm just like, I just said, when I got back to my vacation, I said, I just had the virtual trucking experience there of, of doing that. Cause yeah, 12 hours just straight. It was not fun. And, but it was great. Cause you know, we, we get there, uh, I get there and you know, the, the media, they started bright and early. So we go, but we get taken back into, um, the Serengeti part of the park, you know, sun was rising. They had all sorts of little treats and stuff for us to munch on. Although I do have to admit that I went to Waffle House beforehand because Waffle House was next to my hotel and it just, I, I couldn't pass it by, but, um, but they had, uh, yeah, they had a real nice setup for the media day. They didn't have tons of people, um, but they had actually, the podium was really cool. The podium, they made up the podium of coaster track. And they actually built into the podium a spiral lift, 
with one of the Kofor Dynamics, the wooden cutout models. Oh, um, wow. So, I mean, they, they dressed that up really nice. Um, and when they actually had the thing, they did have a, um, excuse me, they had a, um, a first rider auction. Well, it wasn't an auction, but it was a donates to a charity. And then we're going to draw a certain number of people out of the hats who donated to, um, to be able to, for the first rider on the Zambezi Zinger. And the charity was um, for um, Children's Hospital of Kansas City and the Big Slick. It's a local charity that raises funds for children's cancer research. So they raised, you know, they, had, they talked about opening the Zinger. Um, they talked about, you know, the reason it was important for them to give back to the community, you know, and had people go from Children's Hospital and Big Slick come and talk up, talk about, you know, how cool it was to be able to, you know, partner with Worlds of Fun for this and what those funds will do. And, um, you know, then the groups of you, there are mostly kids that got to go in, you know, kids and their parents, they got to go in and they had, you know, I think like three trains worth of people for the first ride. And, um, then the rest of us got to go ride. Awesome. Would this, would this be a good time to pause for a history lesson? I am fine with a history lesson. Yes. All right. So I know because I Googled it, that the original opened in 1973 and operated at Worlds of Fun until 97, which means I barely missed getting to ride it. So I have never ridden the coaster. So do you mind letting everybody know about the original? Well, I, I actually never rode the original because I too missed it by one year. My first oh, wow. visit. We both, we both, we both missed it by one yeah. year. I, but, I, I but actually, you know my first it, visit right? to Worlds of Fun was literally like a week after Mamba opened and they only had two trains running at the time. And it was like a three hour long queue. And I was actually on crutches. I just had knee surgery. So got to ride it three times in about 45 minutes. And people were giving me ugly looks. And so I got the heck out of the area, but, um, no missed, missed the original singer, but I've seen enough videos well, of it. I, how about we pause and then go back to Chicago? Cause you said you were from Chicago originally. So let's talk about the wizard. Oh, I can, I can talk about the wizard for days. The wizard is. It's still the best coaster at Six Flags Great America. There may be some people that are going to hate me for Ooh, saying that. Oh, that hurts but me. No, no. Wizard is the best ride there. It is continuously okay. given amazing rides. I mean, yeah, I love, love, you know, Raging Wool. I love Goliath. I love X-Flight. They're all, they're all fun, but you know, Wizard's the one that I ride the most. The okay, Wizard's so let's loop everybody in. What's the Wizard have to do with the, with the Zambezi Zinger? Well, the Wizard is a Schwarzkopf, Anton Schwarzkopf designed speed racer coaster, similar to the Zambezi Zinger. The Zambezi Zinger opened up first in 73. And then when the Marriott's Parks opened in 76, they both had a Schwarzkopf speed racer coaster. Um, where they're similar is they had um, bench seating where you would have a train with three bench seats in it where you just one person sitting in front of the other. And they all had spiral lift hills that were electric, were electrically driven and the cars actually had the motors built into the cars. And, um, the Zambezi Zinger, of course, we know moved down to Columbia, um, the California's great America's, um, wizard ended up getting demolished and great America's wizard is still there pleasing people. And if they decide to take it out again, I will chain myself to it. <laughs> you and quite a few other coaster enthusiasts, I imagine. Okay, yes. so the new zinger is is modeled after the old zinger. Yes, you know, and you know, talking to the park, what they what they've said is, you know, when they were really looking to 
you know, looking for their 50th, they wanted to bring something special back from the past. And, you know, I was talking to one of the, the, the guys in Geth Relations, he said, they always ask people, what ride do you miss the most? Without a doubt, everyone's like the Zinger. So that kind of led them to go, well, let's see about bringing this back. And, you know, they, they looked around with some suppliers. They decided to go with GCI and have GCI bring back a modern version of the original Zabezi Zinger, you know, actually well, modern coaster stylized after the original Zambezi Zinger. So, okay. and the, the original so why Zambezi don't you take Zinger, that one step lower for us coaster nerds? Because you already said toboggan style three in a row. And uh, yes. so is that, so how, how is it different from the new one? Well, the new one, you've got uh, GCI's new Infinity Flyers. So it's you know, similar to the um, you know GCI's previous um, Millennium Flyer trains, but the big difference was this one is the new train can handle. I I think the turning radius goes from 19 feet to under nine feet with with the new trains. Um, it can go over hills, you know, tighter, and they can you know I think the new trains are able to do launches. They're able to do, of course, they had to special engineer the spiral lift hill for the Zambezi, for this version of the Zambezi Zinger, because they wanted to bring back that iconic elements of the original ride. So, you know, the, the trains are, you know, way more, way more high tech than the original Schwarzkopf trains. I mean, the original Schwarzkopf trains are insanely comfortable. I mean, if I would love to get my hands on one of them and put it in my house and it would be, you know, in my living room so I could sit on it because they're fantastically comfortable. But you want to put it in your living room. I like it. I like it. I, I'm down with that. I actually first have to have a living room big enough to put one in, but you know, let me dream. But, uh, <laughs> no, the, you know, the, the, the original trains, you know, you know, they were great for what Anton did with them, but you know, they couldn't handle the, the insanely tight twists and turns that the new Zambezi Zinger has. Awesome. So circling back to media day after that, sorry, thank you for humoring me with the history lesson. But uh, one of the things you mentioned was they reimagined the lift hill. I think the lift hill is pretty unique. So uh, can you tell us about that? Because that's probably one of the first, of course, elements that you do once you get on the new coaster. Yeah, it's actually, it's really fun and really unique. I mean, the original Schwarzkopf um, speed racer, like Wizard and Zambezi Zinger, had spiral lift hills. You know, of course, there's used, you know, you know, electric motors in the cars to drive the train up. This one's a bit different. They had to, um, actually GCI said this is one of their toughest engineering challenges was figuring out how to do a spiral lift hill and have it you know, with modern safety standards and all of that stuff and have it work with their infinity flyer trains. Um, so this one uses, um, it's uses tire drives built into the track that actually pulls the train up the lift hill. Um, I know they said that they have the, the actual uh, plate that the drive tires come into contact with actually can flex a little bit. It's actually on a hinge because you need that for being able to handle going up the curve. But, um, you know, you actually go up to the top of the, the Zinger's lift hill extremely fast with, you know, on, on this new one, it's you're, you're not on the lift hill too long, but you know, it's actually really kind of nice. It sets up the ride. It gives you a chance to look around. You actually get a chance to see the entire layout from up there. And it really kind of, um, you know, it's, it's nice and relaxing, which is really kind of a fun way to set up the ride because, you know, the ride, there's two parts to the ride, the first half, which is real nice and just, it's fun and relaxing and it's a good family coaster. Then there's the second half and that's where you get those, you know, infinity flyers doing, you know, 
nine foot, you know, radius turns that are close to the ground. I mean, you see the grass whizzing by. So, um, it, that, you know, once you pop over the train tracks and hit downhill, that's where everything gets really kind of interesting and fun on the coaster. Um, one thing that you haven't mentioned yet is the Titan track. And this is, I mean, it's not the first Titan track out there, but it is yeah. a hybrid. And there's probably quite a few of us that haven't been on, on a coaster that does the transition. And uh, so can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, they, they now they needed to use the Titan track because they wanted to have it, you know, the lift, they want to be able to have it where it's exact. You know, you don't have any flex or anything with that with wood. So they needed that for the lift and the part, the, and they use it for the lift and for the lift fly around. Um, because they have the, where you, where you fly, fly around the lift. It's all built into the lift. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure weight had to play into, play into, um, into their calculations there. Cause they, cause having that there, it's significantly lighter track, less maintenance for that part. Um, but when you transition, you know, you've got the normal wood coaster feel and it goes to suddenly smooth. I mean, so, you know, so it wasn't you actually feel rough, the difference, but, but yeah, you, you do feel it's, you're going from a wood coaster to a steel coaster there. And you, you know, you do notice that. Cool. You know, but I, I, I got to ride the, um, the coaster at fun spot, white lightning, um, when yeah. they were testing Titan track on that. And yeah, that was, you feel the wood coaster field then you feel the steel coaster field and it goes back to wood, but you know, it's, it's really not much of a transition. And you know, I mean, Interesting. Was wonderfully smooth white lightning. I have a hard time telling the transition because really I think it's it. pretty amazing, but I have to physically look, like you said, I have to physically look for it to notice it. And I think if I closed my eyes, I'd have a hard time telling the transition, but it may, it may be because uh, that's, uh, I think at White Lightning, isn't it like at the bottom of a drop near the end, I want to say? Yes. It's, it's, been um, a, it's been a few months since I've written it. Well, it was, it was about two years from when I think it's one of the, it was the airtime hills towards the end of the ride when, yeah. I, when I wrote it. And it was just a little test section. But yeah, it, unless you were looking for it, you're not going to notice it. I, I am excited about the Titan track personally. So, all right. So I interrupted you when you started to talk about the theming because you went to the media day, uh, they had the track embedded into the, the pedestal as they're giving the presentation. And I know uh, because of the uh, advertisements and stuff that it has a, a, a African theme. Is that correct? It's an African safari. The, the story is, is it's a, um, a safari company that shut down 20 some years ago and they've now decided to bring it back. And so you actually go through the original Zabbizi Zinger's queue. Because they still have the queue house there for that. It's been used for haunts for years or storage. Um, but they have it where you go into there. It's it's really themed up. I mean, they've got, you know, crates with, you know, snake traps and crates with supplies. And they've got a um, a bulletin board that's got, if you if you go and read it, there's all sorts of little stuff. One, there's a um, a stamp about leaving uh, uh, it June, 13, June 13th or whichever the date was that the ride opens. They've got that on there they've got a um a uh, little picture of phineas fog from around the world in 80 days that's what the park is themed after they've got a map of the course through the serengeti which if you look on the map it's the layout of the zambezi zinger and if you oh, look cool. at the map there is the layout of, of um prowler oh so they, cool so they've got that on there as well but there's and then also there's a nice little um Schwarzkopf logo on the bottom of that, of oh, that court you, you gotta love all the Easter eggs. Cool. That's yeah. a challenge to all us ACE members out there. You gotta look for all the Easter eggs in the queue then. 
Oh yeah. And then the, you know, the rest of the queue they've got, it's landscaped. It looks really, really nice. I mean, it's not just your standard that's put in, you know, some concrete and put some, you know, railing and have you go back and forth on that. It's got a real nice look and feel to it. They've got you know, like nature sounds playing in there. So you hear, you know, all sorts of little stuff, you know, actually one of the things that I've loved about worlds of fun and Cedar fair is they've really the last five years, especially worlds of fun brought the theming back. And I mean, I've hit stuff where I was there beginning of this year. And then I come back a month later and there's new theming added to the park. Oh, wow. So, I mean, like there was, there was a bunch of stuff they added for the 50th, 50th anniversary that just, you know, I was there in April and I came back in May and suddenly was there and wasn't there before. And I mean, we're attentive about looking for what's new. So, and, and, it's, and it was really neat seeing all the little, little touches they added to the ride to, you know, to make, to, to add to the theming on there. All right. Well, without giving away any of the, you know, any spoilers for the ride, uh, in your kind of experience, what like elements, uh, airtime versus laterals, can you give us a little kind of sneak peek into the ride without yeah. spoiling it? This is all about laterals. There's, you know, I am, I mean, I am a negative G junkie. I named my website negative G. I love airtime, but you know, <laughs> the, the zinger is there, there's not much. You know, I, 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 I spent a bunch of time. There's, there's not that much airtime on it, but what it does is it's all about laterals. It's all about really fast transitions. I mean, there, there's bits where I think the train goes from being banked, maybe 45 degrees to the left to 80 degrees to the right in about 10 feet of track. Wow. I mean, you just, just the, the, the transitions are really, really fast and it's, it's a heck of a lot of fun. Actually, it's not really a spoiler, but they actually added some safari animals that were from King's Dominion down around, down down in the ride. When you cross over the train tracks, there's a zebra and a gorilla, and I think there's something else in there. How did you know they were from King's Dominion? Oh, oh, someone mentioned it online. I was reading uh, one of the one of the the, 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 the on Facebook. Uh, I think it was the Worlds of Fun.org group. This one mentioned, yeah, no, those came from King's Dominion. That's cool. All right. So your overall thoughts then, if you're an airtime junkie, negative G's. If you're an airtime junkie, go ride Prowler, go ride Mamba. Um, but you know, is, the Zinger is a really fun ride. It's not, it's not the family ride that they first kind of, you know, promoted. I mean, they actually changed the, um, the height, res height restrictions on it. It was supposed to be 40 inches. That's now 48. So it's, it's definitely got a little bit more of a bite than I think they originally intended. But it's really a lot of fun. You know, the other thing I really want with the ride is I want a night ride. I've not had a night ride. And I'm really looking forward to that because it goes away from the park. You pop over the train tracks, then go downhill from there. That's going to be pitch black. And that's going to be fantastic in the dark. Awesome. So at Media Day, how many times did you get to ride it? I think I rode it about 15 times. 15 times. Okay, now you're making us all jealous. All right. So any other nuggets to lead us with, leave us with, you know, it's just like I said, the first half of it sets you up. It's, it's really not that intense, but the second half, like I said, expect lots of laterals. Um, it's noisy. Um, the, the lift is probably the noisiest lift I've ever experienced. Um, you know, and the tunnel on it, actually, I really like the tunnel because they, um, they covered it with corrugated tin. And while that you're going on the ride, you have the normal ride noises and you hit that tunnel, 
the decibel level suddenly quadruples <laughs> just because you're in that little tin tin shed tin shed of a, of a tunnel but you know that's kind of a nice little theme in there too yeah so it's got a roar to it oh yeah all right i love it well paul drabeck uh thank you for coming on the show thanks for walking us through your experiences at world of fun we're so excited for media day um, can you just give us a little parting? Uh, when's your next event um, in your region? We do have Coaster Christmas. It is going to be the weekend of November 10th, 11th, and 12th, with Coaster Christmas being on the 11th. And then you get an extra ticket to Silver Dollar City for the 12th. And we do have Ace Around the World set up for next year. It is going to be the Saturday of Memorial Day weekend. Um, Zinger will be up and running for it this time. I, I hated that, having it running for the, for that event. It just, you know, that. It was painful to have to send the email out to everyone, but you know, they, the park really took good care of us and you know, we're gonna have some fun with that next year. And the preservation cons are going to be at worlds of fun too next year. So if you need an excuse to get out, you can either go to the preservation con or you can go to ACE around the world Memorial day weekend. And if you have not ever, if you're a silver dollar city fan at all, that Christmas event is by far one of the best events. I think that if you're into the Christmas season and you love silver dollar city. Yeah, yeah, no, Coaster Christmas is fantastic. I mean, it is not necessarily a riding event. And that's that's the only negative because it is wintertime. Um, but they do go out of the way to kind of give us give us a good time. Um, this last year, I know we had issues with it was too cold for most of the coasters. So they actually gave everybody a ticket to come back this year. Well, thanks for uh, coming on the podcast again. Yep, not a problem. This is Bryant with the Ace Ride With Us podcast. And we have a very special guest today. He is Chris Kiersing, and he is the Director of Operations for Adventureland Park in Altoona, Iowa. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you doing today? I am doing great, and it's actually great to catch back up with you because we we met each other, I want to say, like last fall in a sure. completely different scenario. So it's great to see you again and, and get to talk to you about some new things. Yeah, I'm glad to be connected with you as well. So we're going to jump right in. How long have you been with Adventureland Park and what other industry experience do you have that led you to your current role? Sure. I am brand new to Adventureland. I've been here about a month or I'm, you know, kind of halfway through my fourth week here. So it all started for me actually at the Great Escape in Splashwater Kingdom up um, near Lake George, New York. So I was born and raised in upstate New York and I'd always had season passes to the Great Escape and, uh, you know, grew up about 20 minutes from the park and then once I graduated from high school I took a summer job as a ride operator actually my the very first ride I was trained on was the Vacoma boomerang there and it was a summer job for me before my first semester of college and it was a really fun job it's a lot of work you know it's a lot of um, interaction with the public but I really enjoyed it and then Every summer, I'd come back to the Great Escape in escalating positions of responsibility, and um, I actually ended up graduating from the University of Wisconsin in Madison. That's where I um, got my bachelor's from. So I was a December graduate at the time, and I had the just the really good fortune of uh, two weeks after I graduated, there was a full-time job available at the Great Escape. So I was hired on as the aquatics and guest services manager. So I ran um, the water park entertainment and the front gate. So I did that for a while and my responsibilities kind of got shifted over the years. I became the operations manager 
responsible for ride operations. And then um, after some time there, I ended up moving to Denver while I was hired to be the director of operations at Eulich Gardens. So I worked there, did that for five years. And during that time, um, Hershen Family Entertainment and Premier Parks uh, were the both managed the park during that time, during different periods. So, uh, like I said, I was there for about over five years and then got recruited to join the team at Holiday World and Splash and Safari in Santa Claus, Indiana. Of course, you know, everyone's familiar with Holiday World and what an awesome park that is. And uh, I guess it's timely uh, talking about Holiday World today, as I just saw they announced their new capital for next year, which looks awesome. Gravy time. <laughs> Gravy time. Yeah, I'm uh, very excited for them. So um, lived in Santa Claus uh, for about three years, two and a half, three years, um, where my role was the vice president of operations. And I was um, responsible for basically the in-park operating departments. And then was looking to get back to the Northeast and got recruited by, at the time was the Apex Parks Group. And Apex had purchased some water parks, family entertainment centers from Palace Entertainment, and then were also growing their portfolio by acquiring some smaller family-owned theme parks. So they had Indiana Beach at the time, and they had just recently acquired what was then Martin's Fantasy Island in Grand Island, New York, midway between Buffalo and Niagara Falls. So I was uh, hired to be the general manager there and was there for about three and a half years until um, COVID happened. And there are some really unique challenges with Fantasy Island. It's a great park, um, had been there for a long time. There are some deferred maintenance issues that were difficult to overcome and some infrastructure issues. So at that time, um, Apex and its investors made the difficult decision to close Fantasy Island permanently. And um, so I stayed on through that and that's exactly when the pandemic started. So kind of a strange time overall. Um, so after, you know, after we closed Fantasy Island, I ended up uh, just doing kind of a uh, working with some um, sightseeing tour operators in Niagara Falls as kind of a fill-in position until you know, I was still in Western New York at the time and uh, Six Flags Darien Lake uh, had a position available. Uh, this was kind of, you know, midway through or after the first summer of the pandemic, but before, you know, the park had reopened for the 2021 season. So I was hired on there to be director of administration, which oversaw human resources and public safety. And then um, that led to the where you and I met each other, which was Six Flags Over Texas. So they had, had asked me to go down there and um, join on as director of operations. And um, and then when this opportunity came about, it was, a, it was a very good opportunity and hard to pass up. So that led me to where I am today. So I've had the very good fortune of working with some awesome people and some very great parks in our industry. And I'm, I'm very pleased to be here at Adventureland. And actually the first time, I remember visiting Adventureland was exactly 20 years ago. I went back and looked at my uh, coaster count track record spreadsheet and saw that. So when I was actually living in Madison and going to school there, I remember taking a trip down here because it's not all that far and being just super impressed with the friendliness of the employees and how beautiful the grounds were. So that always stuck with me. And so I kind of always remembered Adventureland from that visit. And um, here we are today. Well, I don't think I realized how all over the place you've been, which is has to be one of the more unique things, but also probably rounds you out really well when it comes like 
I, I assume you're probably ready to just jump right in anywhere you anywhere you get to. For sure. And, you know, I've, I've had really good opportunities and have been very fortunate. And it's a very small industry, as everyone's kind of aware. So it's one of those everyone knows everyone. And I'm really glad that I grew up and started at The Great Escape because The Great Escape is, you know, one of the smaller parks in the chain. But really what that means is you get a wide variety of opportunities at a young age and you get to really manage a lot since, uh, you know, sometimes the smaller parks have fewer resources and fewer people. So everything from ride operations to admissions and guest services to even supervising and helping with the petting seal. Um, <laughs> right. So, you know, you get a wide variety of experiences at some of the smaller parts, which I think really kind of set the tone for, for my career. So I know you've only been there for just about a month. Do you consider adventure lane your home park now, or do you give that title to somewhere else? So that's a great question. You know, I think in my heart, right. The great escape is always my home park. My uh, my parents are still in that area, and my uh, sister, brother-in-law, and nephew are season pass holders, right? So my nephew is about to turn four later this month, and it's really fun to see the pictures and watch him really enjoy this, the park that I grew up going to. So I think if geographically, of course, Adventureland is the closest park, my home park, and it's the park, you know, I have a lot of passion for Adventureland. But uh, I think if you were to say hey you have to pick one it would be the great escape and i have to ask what's your favorite ride at great escape it's the comet for sure 100 percent the comet at the great escape that is such a great wooden coaster and it's been so well maintained over the years and i remember riding it as a kid in 1994 when it was rebuilt there and i've always held a special place in my heart um the comet has so it's a great ride Jumping forward, this year, Adventureland unveiled their two new rides, which are the Flying Viking Coaster and the Dragon Falls Log Ride. So who manufactured these? And uh, how long did y'all work with them on the concept and design? And I know you're new, but hopefully you have a little bit of backstory there. Yeah, I do have some context there. So they're both manufactured by Zamperla. And, um, you know, Palace Entertainment acquired Adventureland. It was December of 2021. So the previous owners had installed a flat ride package from Zamperla that actually went in last year. So they were already um, in negotiations and, you know, had those agreements uh, with Zamperla. And I think at that time, they were also talking about the roller coaster and flume ride combo. So they were early in the planning stages when Palace took over and Palace just took over that, um, you know, those negotiations and those um, getting those rides manufactured and built. So, you know, I think they've been in development for about two years now, perhaps even longer. Very cool. So what's the thought process behind the Viking theme and does that hold any significance to Adventureland? It does. And I had to ask around um, (laughs) to, to, to really get the answer to that question. And it actually makes sense. So Adventureland, right, we're about um, Iowa heritage, we're a nostalgic park, we're a classic amusement park. But, you know, we have adventure in our title. And if you think about, you know, who are some of the original adventurers? Well, the Vikings are, right? They are about adventure. And when you also think about um, uh, Scandinavian immigration to the Midwest, particularly in Iowa, there is a natural tie-in there too. So when you think about IRA history, there truly is a natural tie-in there. And uh, I really do like those themes. They work well for these two attractions. Yeah, I think I I can't really think of any 
American theme parks that have a really big push on the Viking, at least at least recently. So it's a very unique concept for y'all. And, you know, taking into account the other rides and attractions at Adventureland, where would you say these two kind of fall into your your lineup? Like what what is the sweet spot for these two rides? Yeah, I mean, I think they're certainly within our top five. And so the log flume, particularly Dragon Falls, um, you know, that replaces a fan favorite attraction that was here for a long time. So the park had a OD Hopkins log flume that was in the middle of the park that operated for, you know, very many years. And then that was removed when the park built the monster, right? So I think our guests always, that was a fan favorite and they missed that. So the feedback that we're hearing about Dragon Falls is it's a great tribute to that former attraction. And it is, uh, they're very pleased to see another log flume return to the park. And Flying Viking, it really does um, fill a gap in our lineup. So it's a perfect family coaster. It is, you know, low high requirement, 36 inches. It's smooth as glass. It's really fun to ride. We like to say it's thrilling and it's exciting, but not necessarily scary. Mm -hmm. And it, it truly is a good step up from someone who may have ridden the kitty coaster before, but isn't quite yet ready to ride some of the more dynamic and thrilling attractions that we have here. So uh, we have quite a, this is a park that has a lot of rides, a lot of attractions, plus a water park. So it really fits in nice. The both attractions fit in nicely to our overall lineup. And they've been very well received. Well, I think what's, what's great about the addition is you kind of tap into that nostalgia from your older park guests and your longtime park guests, and then they can share that with their family and their children. And that that's always a great thing to tie together, you know, at a theme park. For sure. I, you know, I see toddlers and grandparents riding the same ride. So the multi-generational experiences, which is something that we truly aim for. So you said Flying Viking is smooth as glass. It's thrilling. What is your favorite ride at the park, though? You know, I think I have to give the nod to Monster. Monster <laughs> is a really great coaster. And um, it's very thrilling it presents itself well in the midway just has a certain presence about it it is very smooth the hang time is incredible the first um the vertical lift and the first drop is incredible and it has a great light package on it so to me that's the best all-around package um you know say i haven't ridden every single ride in the park but i have ridden the coasters so i'll give the nod to the monster for now okay okay so I, I was looking at pictures and watching videos of your two new rides and they're really intertwined with each other. Does that give any kind of unique rider experience? And I didn't really see this, but I have to know if you're riding flying Viking, is it possible to get wet from Dragon Falls? I think it's possible. So <laughs> um, I haven't seen it happen. I haven't experienced it, but there's a great from the midway there's a great vantage point where the coaster travels over the final drop of the log flume and uh mike lesky our general manager and i always talk about um that shot is our white whale we haven't yet been able to get a photo of the coaster and the splash in the same frame but we've seen it happen we just haven't been able to grab our cameras um soon enough to capture that 
But I, I do think there's, you know, depending on the weight of the bow and the timing of the coaster, there may be a small opportunity to, to get splashed. But that, I haven't experienced it myself yet, but uh, I am going to get that shot one day. I think we'll leave that up to some ACE members to try and uh, accomplish that feat of getting wet. <laughs> yeah, certainly. So you've, you've kind of touched on a few elements of the, of the two rides. What are your favorite elements of the ride and do you have a preferred seat on each one so full disclosure i haven't yet ridden dragon falls and (laughs) i know and the reason is um honestly i just you know i don't want wet shoes all day when i'm working so i did so i did buy a pair of vessies which (laughs) i I get no um you know no sponsorship from this but uh, they're supposed to be waterproof and um, I'm going to wear them. I'm going to try them uh, one day. So I will get on the flume here shortly. But um, I've spent a lot of time up there observing. The coaster, um, I think it's great either in the front or the back. Um, mm-hmm. Both offer kind of a unique experience, just like you know any other coaster. But uh, it really is a great ride in any seat. I, I love to hear that, especially, you know, I, the train is fairly long. So I imagine you get a different experience from the front to the back, making it, you know, really rewritable. Yeah, Zamparello really hit it out of the park with this attraction and, you know, these combo attractions. So, you know, speaking about the coaster itself, like I said, it's smooth as glass. But someone who's tall like me fits very comfortably into the seat, but it also accommodates, um, I guess, as low as 36 inches tall. And we've had essentially zero mechanical downtime with the ride. It just runs really well. And I think it has a certain presence on the midway. It looks great. It presents itself really well. And it um, it's a high throughput attraction, like you mentioned. It's a long train. So um, I've been very, very pleased with, with that in particular. So you kind of touched on the fact that it has you know very little downtime and has been very reliable for y'all. One of the things that stuck out about you for me was how you were trying to maximize operations during your time at Six Flags Over Texas and their brand new ride, Aquaman Power Wave, just watching that thing cycle over and over and over and and you kind of explaining, you know, how you were making that happen and, and kind of your thought process behind that. I'm just curious, do you have any operational challenges with these two rides essentially being right on top of each other? So far, no. Um, it's a really... Th- well thought out design so let's say for whatever reason we have to stop the log flume right and maybe unload guests from a from a lift the coaster can still run independently with no operational challenges while we do that and the the opposite's true as well so um you know zamperla installed the first version of these at um luna park coney island and uh, you know i think since they are owners and operators they really think through these things as well so um you know both rides can operate independently of each other in the same footprint which is great so we've touched on this a little bit and i think i know the answer to this but i'm going to ask one more time Uh, how have the new attractions been received by your park guests We've received a lot of really positive feedback. Um, you know, this anecdotally, if you look at the ride lines, you know, they're, um, the lines are do people wait in line for these rides and, you know, the wait time can, uh, we can, we see full queues often, of course, you know, like you said, that has a lot to do with throughput and we are certainly 
uh, working hard to maximize the throughput on both attractions and um, you know, identifying the little nuances that we can change in our operation in order to maximize the the number of times we're sending a ride unit and um, you know improving that dispatch interval. So. Um, you know, but also the comments we receive, whether it's on social media or the reviews that we get, um, you know, they kind of echo my thoughts on it, which are, hey, really great, attra- really great family attractions that have a broad appeal to um, to a wide variety of ages. So we've received a lot of positive feedback for sure. So you kind of talked about how you all put in the big flat ride package from Zamperla. You've got these two new rides. What else does Adventureland have planned for the rest of the season in the near future? Is there any kind of little hints you can give us? Sure. We're, um, you know, we're preparing for our Halloween event, Phantom Fall Fest, which um, will be coming up here soon in mid-September. And then we also have a Oktoberfest event in mid-Septembers. And then next year is actually the park's 50th anniversary. So there's a lot of planning going on for that. Um, so I think you're going to continue to see some attraction upgrades, especially to some of our legacy attractions. A big nostalgia play, right? So 50 years is a long time, and this is truly Iowa's theme park. And there's a lot of folks who have a lot of passion for the park and you know came here as um, small children and now take their their children and grandchildren with them. So um, you know we have a lot of historical signage and artifacts that we'd like to um, really put on display and to really celebrate the 50th. But also since Palace has acquired the park, you know, there's been a really concentrated effort on branding. Like you'll see, um, and that's not true, but here you'll see it across the other parks too, like what Kennywood and Lake Compounds has been doing with a lot of theming and signage and and branding there. So I think you'll continue to see that. And um, you'll also see some more beautification upgrades it truly is a very charming park to to walk through i can't help i always tell mike or gm and some other folks i just can't help but smile when i walk through the midways because it's just such a such a cute park adventureland is on my list of places to go i haven't been there yet and just hearing about this kind of makes me want to go i i love when parks go all out for their 50th anniversary and really play back on the history of the park and and you know, focus on the small things like what can we do to to keep the longevity of our classics going, but also you know, beautify the rest of the park at the same time. Yeah, absolutely, it's a big priority for us. And for coaster enthusiasts, it's a great road trip, right? Because there's a lot of parks nearby us, and you know, we're not far from Worlds of Fun, Lost Island, um, Arnold's Park is also in Iowa, Valley Fair, so it does really make for a for a good road trip. So, I certainly. Um, welcome you and invite you to come see us and definitely look forward to that and all all of these well chris thank you so much for jumping on the podcast with us and everybody listening make sure y'all get out to Adventureland. got two new rides of course they have the monster and some other awesome attractions i should also say um i you know so maybe it was an unfair assessment since i i just remembered i haven't ridden dragon slayer yet either Right. So um, what I hear and what it looks to me is that it's been the ones it has two sides, the knight and the squire, but the knight side uh, spins a lot and it looks very, very thrilling. We get a lot of positive feedback about that. So that's another reason to, to, to come check it out. So one of, you know, one of the more unique 40 free spin coasters out there. All right. So 
we're going to have to touch base with you again and make sure uh, Monster still sits at the top once you ride that. Absolutely. Sounds great. All right, Chris. Thank you so much for talking with us, and uh, hopefully we'll be out to Adventureland here real soon. Look forward to it. Thank you. Mandrill Mayhem recently opened at Chessington World of Adventures Resort. It's their first inversion in the park, a B&M wing coaster. I have not been there to ride it, but I have someone with me who has. He is the ace assistant rep in UK and Ireland. Everyone, please welcome Hjalmar Sinka. Hjalmar, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's absolutely my pleasure to be on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to uh, meet you like this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to let everybody know uh, you are Dutch and you're from, where, t- tell us about yourself. Where are you from? So I am Dutch. So I, I lived in the Netherlands for many years, but I uh, have chosen to move to the UK in 2015, where I started working at Merlin Entertainment for the London Eye. Oh, wow. Right. So the London Eye, the big Ferris wheel. <laughs> that, I have to correct you on that one. It's an observation wheel. It has 32 capsules. A Ferris wheel you hang within and an observation wheel you hang on the outside. Well, I learned something <laughs> new today. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, but you don't work for them anymore. Uh, no, I, uh, I uh, gained, gained a position as engagement manager for a ticketing company for theme parks, zoos and museums. So I provide ticketing solutions for Flamingoland in the UK or uh, Efteling uh, in the Netherlands, uh, loads of museums uh, across Europe and the Middle East. Oh, that's pretty cool. So do you get to travel? Oh, all the time. All the time. That's yeah, most, the time. mostly travel. Okay. It, also, the, the the countries are quite close to each other, so you take you, you hop on the train and you you're in Paris like two hours later. Oh, that sounds great. So you've uh, gotten to ride a lot of coasters then in your area. What would you consider your home park? Uh, at the moment, I would consider it uh, Fort Park. Nice. Which However, I'm to go I, to soon. Oh, definitely. <laughs> if you come around, let me know. I'll be there. Oh, for sure. So what got you into coasters initially? So my first theme park I've had my, as my home park was Valleyby Holland in the Netherlands. Yes. Uh, I worked there for 12 years, 12 seasons. Uh, oh, and I did everything, uh, everything from, from front office to theme park rides uh, to entertainment. Uh, I've done a lot of Halloween there as well, so Friday nights, uh, attractions, operations, fantastic. I loved it. and. Over the years, I started gaining more traction into finding it more interesting. So I did an education in it as well in leisure management uh, with a minor in wildlife management and uh, event management. Wow. You're all over the theme park industry, aren't you? (laughs) Yes, very much so. Which is not always a positive because it also means you have to be very careful what you say, where and when. So that got you into coasters. Was there a specific coaster in particular? See, I am always a very big lover of Fikoma rides. I know a lot of people probably don't agree with me on that one. However, I always loved the, the El Condor, of Condor it's now called actually, uh, X- Platform 13 Express and uh, La Via Volta or Sound of, uh, I can't remember what the name is now, the Boomerangs, you know, the, the, the classic sure. Fikoma rides. Well, I love Vacoma. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if you tried the new ones as well. It's like, you know. Right. And the new ones at Disney. 
Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm a big big Vacoma fan. So yeah. Um, so and you've been. Um, when did you join Ace? Actually, I recently joined Ace last year. Oh uh, yeah! Well, welcome. Yeah, and you're uh, already. You've got a position and involved. That's wonderful. Yeah. So I was asked by uh, Yo, who started up uh, Ace Europe, to, to we love Yo. get involved. Yeah, we Yo love Yo very much. He does great <laughs> trips. I've heard. I haven't been on one of them yet, but I've heard he does great trips. Yeah, me too. That's that's on my bucket list for sure. One of these Viking <laughs> trips or, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he asked me if I wanted to join because of, uh, of of my passion and because of the friendships that I have with Yo and uh, members of the team that are already there. Uh, and I said, yes, why not? Let's help out. Let's see how far we can get. So I'm now doing the UK and we're getting to gear up ourselves for uh, Summerfest 2024, which will also be in the UK exciting times uh just before the national trip or the international trip of ace america when you guys are coming over to europe anyway so it's a nice little tack on nice well thank you for getting involved in ace we love ace europe we love everybody over there and their enthusiasm and you know we're all we're all one big family we're not just the american <laughs> coaster enthusiasts we're just ace we're just we're ace, we're just ace. we had to figure that out we're, we're just ace at this point and so excited and thank you for bringing all of your knowledge uh to our organization that's awesome it's my pleasure absolutely my pleasure so let's talk about chessington world of adventures because i've not been there uh tell me a little bit about this park is this a park you've gone to a lot so, uh, because I used to work for Merlin and Chessington Worlds of Adventure is a Merlin group attraction, uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to visit that over the last few years a couple of times. Um, it's a, it, it started off as a zoo in the 1930s and it ended up with a theme park 35 years ago attached to it. So, it's a combination between rides and attractions uh, combined with animal encounters. So, there's, for example, a, a lock flume there that literally goes through the uh, tiger exhibitions uh, that Ooh. are there. So yeah, you can ride in a in a lock flume down Tiger Falls. <laughs> is uh, it enclosed? Is there a chance? Yes, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> it's so the tigers like the water. <laughs> yeah, well, the, 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 it's actually really unique because I've got uh, six different sections, and the tigers can move between these sections while people walk underneath it, and the ride goes over it and under it. So it's really it's really Ooh. a unique thing to to witness. Um, it's a very green park. It's a very lush park to, to look at. Uh, and it has a few, you know, quite interesting rides in general. There's a very unique dark ride as well, but uh, Dragon Fury, of course, a nice Gerslauer spinner coaster, which the, the, when I did it the last time, I almost puked. It, Wait, it really? went wild. It, it, went, <laughs> it went wild. <laughs> Oh, sometimes that motion sickness just gets you. I'm, I'm uh, yeah. with you on that, so, on these spinny things. <laughs> it, it probably you didn't help. It was 35 degrees Celsius at that time. Oh, okay. That's, what is that in Fahrenheit? Oh, uh, 80, 90? <laughs> yeah, okay. So hot. Okay. It was it. hot. It was hot. <laughs> oh, and so now they've opened this new area, which I think fits perfectly. I'm on the site right now. I'm saying I'm getting a lot of uh, Bush Gardens vibes for anybody who's never been to this park. This it's kind of reminding me of uh, Bush Gardens Tampa or Bush Gardens Williamsburg, just with like the zoo and the the lushness of it all. Of course, this has been around mm -hmm. since the 1930s, so they they got there first. But that's just to give you an example of what I'm seeing on here. I really like all of the theming that I'm seeing. 
uh, are they're, they're pretty good in terms of their their themes is what is what I understand. Yeah, they really make an effort these days to to really up the levels to of theming, uh, especially with the rides that have been refurbished. That they they are really doing well with them. They have a lot of popular brands as well, popular IPs like the new section World of Jumanji is is like you know the movie Jumanji, the latest ones, not the ones from the nineties. You know the ones that you and I probably know uh, very well. But uh, um, yeah, it, it's really trying to to gain more interest in the popularity so they've got the gravelo boat ride they've got nice. world of jumanji with the, the 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 new roller coaster uh and they really are trying to to incorporate more of the ips which is i think a merlin entertainment thing in general now these days because if you look at godland as well they they introduced jumanji uh and i think there's another ride coming soon again with jumanji in Hyde Park, I believe, but I'm not on a picture. Oh, wow. Jumanji is branching out as an IP. Yeah, <laughs> very much. Looking, it looks like they even have Jumanji-themed bedrooms in their hotels. Yeah, and I'm just yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, scrolling yeah. around here. So they opened up this land, World of Jumanji, uh, along with the coaster. Did that open all together or did the land open and then the coaster opened? No, they opened a whole section together. So uh, the whole section itself of the world of Jumanji is combined with Mandromayan, which is the B&M uh, shuttle launch coaster. There's a bad way of mouthful now. Uh, the ostrich stampede. And, yeah. Oh, wing coaster. There we are. Uh, yeah. Ostrich stampede and member strike. So they've got two little flat rides with it as well. Uh, plus some, uh, you know, refreshment stations and stuff like that. So ostrich stampede seems to be like a kitty, like in a circle. Um, yeah. That's a, a jumper frog, I believe, from uh, SPF. Okay. And then Mamba Strike is oh <laughs> one of those oh that flip flips you, flips you around, yeah. dizzying. Oh yeah, yeah. one of those benches that, that just keep moving sideways until you yes, know, you, yeah. It's it's quite interesting. They've got now two rides with a snake name. <laughs> <laughs> Mamba, yeah. Well, it's, it's usually those are good names for rides. There's a lot of sure. snakes, uh, attractions that are named after snakes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wonder if we'll ever look back and, you know, laugh at ourselves for having <laughs> the same, you know, cobra everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't I mean know. It is easier than most of the, the, the Disney names that they use, you know. That's true. Guardians That's of the true. Galaxy, uh, Cosmic Rewind. It's quite a mouthful than rather yes, Member Strike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then Mandrill Mayhem. Let's, that's what we're really here to talk about. Yes. So when did you first ride this? Uh, actually, a couple of weeks after it opened. So it was already operational for a couple of weeks. Uh, was it in uh, May of this year? June? May of this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it was a hot day and uh, we had to use a virtual queuing, which was a, a new thing for, for uh, Chesterton Worlds of Adventure. Oh, wow. They're doing virtual queue there. Yeah. So you, you had to go into the app and uh, book your seat as soon as the park opened, uh, both book your time, um, mm -hmm. which was a bit tricky to get through that whole app process. But once I had someone uh, from the staff to help out with that, it was quite easily. They knew exactly what they were doing. and. Uh, we got straight away the virtual queue, and within an hour and a half, I was able to get into the queue line. So you had the virtual queue, and you were yep. able to walk basically right on, or was there still a little bit of a wait? Uh, I think it took about four or five 
trains to get through the queue. So once okay. we got into it, within four or five trains, we were through it, and that was quite good. And you actually walk past a section of the launch and the the gigantic jaguar statue, so that's quite mm -hmm. nice to look at. So where did you say it? <laughs> did you get a choice? <laughs> now the question is, am I going to be judged for this decision? Well, I can't, you know, I can only speak for myself and I will say that I will not judge you. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, I sat on the uh, second to last row. So in okay. Back. Pretty much in the back. Okay. By choice? Uh, by choice. Yeah. Uh, and that had to do with the fact that I saw a little dip outside of train station as soon as you go backwards. Ooh. And I was anticipating a little bit of air time and my suspicious feelings were confirmed. I okay. think that was probably one of my favorite moments within the ride itself. So as soon as you strap yourself in, in uh, you know, the, the flexible B&M harnesses that they have on, on most of the flying, uh, the, the wing coasters that they have mm -hmm. around the world, um, they launch you straight away backwards. It's not a lot, it's so not a fun. heavy launch backwards, but it's a, it's a, give a good enough kick to give a, ooh, you know, a little, <laughs> a little noise that comes out of you unintentionally. <laughs> Which is funny because a mandrel, for those who don't know, is a, is a primate. Think like Rafiki, right? Isn't that yeah. what a mandrel is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and especially this train. So you're like, ooh. <laughs> Sorry. I'm making bad jokes over here. Go ahead. <laughs> well, especially the train, if you look at it, 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 the front has mandrels on it. So the middle part hmm. of, the, of the, the theming is a mandrel face. And the two arms are holding outwards, holding bananas. Oh, so, so you're, you're the bananas. You're sitting in a banana chair. Oh, you're oh, okay. You're riding the, on the banana that the well. That's I love that. Okay, <laughs> it's very quick. That's what I said. Like it's a very quirky combination of theming in general. What they do, but it, I, I, it's really fun. Um, so yeah, the, especially when you do the first launch backwards, uh, you go into a um, inclined upside down set moment, uh, which is you know you, your moment to relax and see what's going to happen, and then you shoot back into the train station where you get the full speed of the ride. Uh, Again, with a dip down, with a left turn up, where you have a nice roll over the entrance of the area. Uh, nice. After that, you do another left turn where you have a boost. There's a, a boost section for the launch. Uh, that turns you into a left turn again around the Jaguar statue, where the tr train, suddenly out of nowhere, stops. And you have to Just go back. Stops. Yeah, oh. it goes. It loses all its energy, and then we have to ride that whole circle backwards. Oh, so you go backwards for through the whole thing? Oh, neat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've watched a... nothing. I wanted to hear from you. Ah. So I'm hearing one inversion. Yes. Okay, and, and two speed launches. and two launches and speed. Oh, that's a good one. I think uh, it's this is 45. 42. 40, oh, 45. Okay. 45, Great, and about 45 excuse me 55 feet tall all right so yeah that sounds fun it is quite fun the, the one thing that i think is really good about this ride is that you know obviously it's a, a, a wing coaster which is a very nice comfortable ride to ride in and it's b&m which everyone probably knows is like the rolls royce under the theme park attraction builders um the the interesting part is they went out of their comfort zone here where they did a basically a triple launch right two launches and it's a uh you know not a continuous ride so that it goes back on the same track backwards 
and it's hanging on one side. So when you go around the Jaguar statue all the way around it to the top and it loses its energy, you keep hanging on your left hand side. It's a, by the way, this right is just going left. Just left the whole time. Yeah. Okay. It just goes left the whole time. Uh, which is probably one of the things I would say I would have changed, but it works. And the hanging makes people very conscious of the fact that they are, just, and it, it hangs, by the way, quite a long time because, you know, it's a heavy train. It takes time to go back into to motion again. Fun. Well, it is actually quite an interesting concept in general for B&M. I, I would never expect them to do that. Yeah, right? That, I can't think of another, are there another coaster of theirs that does that? Hmm. I, I don't think there's any of them. I mean, they do a few launch coasters. Uh, Thun Thunderbird, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, the new surf, uh, surf rider in, um, in Florida. Pipeline. Pipeline, that was it. Excuse mm -hmm. me. <laughs> Uh, so you know they do a few launches, but this was this is a family ride that is continuously going left. With well, actually, you have two inversions because it goes one way in and one way back. With a really cute theme and a large jaguar shrine in the yeah. center of it, like a mountain. <laughs> it, it, it smokes and it gives light. Ooh! So it does have effects <laughs> in it as well. So then unloading. How was unloading? Unloading is quite quick. Uh, you same as with Thor Park uh, Swarm. You walk underneath the operating booth. So uh, if you if you look at the train station when you get into it, on the front there's a gigantic shed build where the it is actually a shed. It's not just me calling it shed. It's a shed. So the loading uh, goes on the outside paths in. So one is on uh, the left hand side. You have to go past the operating hut to go to the other side. And then okay. when you are there, you need to uh, load in. And when you leave, you walk past the train to the front underneath the operating booth out. How is this park with um, like your bags? Do they do lockers? Do they do cubbies? Or how, what is this like? They, they do lockers. They have lockers available for you if you want to use it. They are across the park. Um, they do also provide uh, little baskets that you can put your uh, bags in, okay. so next to the right. Uh, as per usual in the UK, they will have signs everywhere saying, you know, they're not responsible for anything that you bring on board with you. Of they course, are quite yeah. strict with glasses and caps and uh, shawls and stuff like scarves like that. Oh, interesting. Well, that's probably for the best. There's yeah. probably reasons behind all of that. <laughs> not, not that you need scarves in, in, I mean, it is the UK, I'm aware of that, but you know, you don't need scarves in the summer here. So did you ride it just the one time? Uh, yes, unfortunately, they only allowed a virtual queue once. So you can oh, only okay. do it once and uh, you can't actually enter the normal queue without a virtual queuing. When you ride it next, where will you sit? Will you choose the same or will you try? Where would you try? Well, I'm at creature of habit normally so i would go back again <laughs> however i am very willing to go to the middle or the front i'm a front row especially in a being in what you're already feeling like you're flying you might as well get the full flying experience <laughs> i don't know i want to be in the front all right so uh overall thoughts 
I think it's the perfect family ride that this park needed. It hadn't had a roller coaster in a long time. I think Dragon's really? Fury was the last one. Wow. Um, yeah, I think the is... theme is brilliant, and they really worked on it to make it, you know, fitting within uh, just the worlds of adventure. Would I suggest B and M to do another launched family wing coaster? I would like to see them to do a continuous long coaster, so one that actually returns back without going backwards. Okay. I think I that would be a space better. limitations or. Yeah, mm. so Chessington does have a lot of limitations when it comes to building above the treetops and uh, the space that they have available. So they suffer, they, they sacrifice their event space now to build this right. new section, um, w which is interesting to see. So what's next for you? Do you have any upcoming trips planned or any uh, ACE events that you're going to be at? No ACE events for me, unfortunately, this year. I do have a trip going coming up to Los Angeles, so I'm hoping that there's an ACE trip coming up there that I can join in at some point. Oh, that would be so fun. I can't wait to see you when you come here in November. We're going to have looking so much forward. fun. Oh, absolutely. I love love trying out new things, so I'm looking very much forward to trying you know, this land resort for the first time and uh, Millsbury Farm. Are we going to do Magic Mountain too? If I have time, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have your priorities, I understand. But if, if we can get you at Magic Mountain, we have to go. <laughs> I, I, I will let myself be convinced by you. Okay, good. Sounds good. Well, it was so nice to meet you, Hjalmar. Thank you so much for all you're doing for ACE. And thanks for sharing your experience on Mandro Mayhem with us. It's absolutely my pleasure, Lynn, Jessica. Looking forward to you to talk to you in person next time. That wraps up this episode. We would love it if you would subscribe and give us five stars. If you have any comments for us or ideas for future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at aceonline.org. And to connect with Ace in more ways, make sure you're following American Coaster Enthusiasts on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Discord. Search for Ride with Ace on all the platforms. And check out ridewithace.com if you're not already a member. Thanks for listening, and I hope you get to ride a coaster today. Ride With Us is produced by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, a registered 501c3 organization. Visit ridewithace.com for additional information, and we will see you at the parks. <laughs>